This episode's brought to you by Notorious Fire Company. Firefighter owned and operated Notorious Fire Company manufactures and creates quirky and unique items for the fire service. Whether it's your stainless steel water bottles, tumblers, four-in-one koozies, you can decorate your emotional support water bottle with more than 100 different designs they offer so very much. From apparel to swag to stickers, they got you covered. Check them out at NotoriousFire.com. That's N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S, NotoriousFire.com. And check them out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at NotoriousFire. And this month with the podcast, if you use coupon code Fire Radio June 2023, that is Fire Radio June 2023, you'll get free shipping on all orders within the U.S. So check them out, NotoriousFire.com. Lenny and the crew, they're making great stuff. And I have to tell you, with the summer upon us, the sticker packs are out of control. You got everything from Star Wars to pinups and everything in between. Slap them on your beer fridges, your coolers, and your tumblers and celebrate the summer in style with Notorious Fire. A good supporter and longtime friend. We're happy to have him on the podcast with us. Check him out, NotoriousFire.com and coupon code FIREADIOJUNE2023 for free shipping all across the U.S. This episode's brought to you by Box Alarm Grills. When your apparatus arrives on scene, are you making the best showing? Looking to set your rig apart from everyone else? Want your engine, truck, or rescue to be easily identifiable? There is a solution. With large aluminum grill numbers and full-width rear mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills. Formed by Danny and a team of fellow firefighters, Box Alarm Grills gets it. They know what it means to show pride in your ride, delivering the quality construction and design that fire departments demand. That's why their grill numbers and mud flaps grab attention, enhance visibility, and make your fleet recognizable on scene while responding or just driving around town. Built in the USA by a family-owned business, Box Alarm Grills is quickly becoming the choice of fire companies, apparatus planners, and fire truck manufacturers with out-of-the-box or custom solutions. Check out functional, durable grill numbers and mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills today at BoxAlarmGrills.com and on Facebook and Instagram. And like Danny and his crew like to say, add pride to your ride. Hey everyone, Jeremy National Fire Radio. Welcome back to the podcast. Today is going to be a lot of fun. This is a guy that I'm starting to get to know and I'm really enjoying every interaction I've had. Rick George. Rick, first off, thank you for joining me. My pleasure, brother. This is cool, man. So uh, I usually give a little background in the beginning of the podcast about how I got to know the guest or, you know, where we met or our paths crossed. Let's do this real quick. 30 years in the fire service, 24 with the Palm Beach County, Florida Fire Department. You are uh, retired and enjoying retired life, but you've gone all in on other aspects of the job. Um, and we're going to go down that road and talk about it. Um, you are very much involved with firefighter mental health, or I should just say mental health across the board. And I want to share a story about what you told me when I saw you a couple of weeks ago. Uh, mental health professional helps first responders, PTSD, drug and alcohol problems, and other mental health issues uh, or conditions. 
Um, you have written a book, Developing Firefighter Resiliency. I, I sat through some of your class just a few weeks ago down at the Go on to Texas Fire Forum, which was a great class, but it was a ton of information packed into a small you know, time slot. Um, Through a fire hose, bro. Through a fire hose. (laughs) I can only imagine. And I will say this. This is the only class I've ever taken at any fire conference where there was a guided meditation. Freaking love it, bro. I want to talk about that because I meditate. My wife has gotten me into meditation, um, and it's important to me. Not as important as it is for her. Uh, She's got like a 600-and-something-day streak going right now of of meditating every morning. Um, But the mornings that I have some downtime, I will lay with her and meditate uh, to the Calm app and uh, Jay Shetty and and Tamara Levitt. So anyway, so those are things for me. But I want to – we're going to go down so many different roads today, and I'm excited to do this. But I first want to tell a story. Um, before you, you I, start the story, yeah, tell your wife I've got an 840 day streak before <laughs> it broke. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're going to talk 840 days. She's going to be very jealous of that, by the way. It is. It's got to have goals, bro. Got to have goals. You know, Rick, it's so important to her. And, um, and for me, I don't ever turn it off. But in the morning, if I have time to lay in bed for an extra 15 minutes with her before we get up and get moving and, and get crazy for the day, and she puts on the Calm app and she'll lay there. Now, she has a bed of nails, too. And she, she meditates on a bed of nails, which is a, a padded mat that rolls out. And it has, like, plastic spikes on it. And so All right, she wins. Yeah, she wins. Okay, and, I'm and, out. She, <laughs> and she has a pillow with the spikes on it, too. And she lays on that most mornings when she meditates. And it's that, acu, it's that acupressure. She absolutely loves it. I don't, I don't know why I have, I have visions of the oh, Adam family Rick, flashing through Rick, my head right now. Tara, my wife just walked in my studio right now because she hears me <laughs> talking about her. Tara, Rick George, 840-day. 840 days in a row. Yeah, you got work to do, babe. Yeah, right. but I didn't I didn't lay on a bed of nails. So. He doesn't lay on a bed of nails, he said. So, I love it. She loves when I talk about her. She peeked her head and she's like, "You talking about me?" So, but anyway, <laughs> she's um she's amazing and and it 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 helps her. It guides her and I know that she cherishes those moments in the morning when she can meditate. So, when I have that ability to do that, um, I actually really enjoy it, and it's peaceful for me. And I think that that's about the only peace I get in my day. So yeah. I'd love I'd love to talk about that and explore that with you too. But you I want to I want to talk about our first meeting just a few weeks ago. You were speaking. You were a featured uh, speaker at the Gone the Texas Fire Forum down in Arlington, Texas. You and I had never met before, but I've heard you. I heard you on Corley Moore's program, The Weekly Scrap. Um, I've, I've read some of your stuff. I've seen you out there. I've seen you teaching. You've been out there for quite a long time now, uh, and I say that with the utmost respect, but you're doing incredible things. But I really didn't know what your message was other than what I've heard you talk about, but I've never sat through your class. Um, right. I sat through some of your class. It was pretty heavy. I'm not going to lie. It's 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 really involved and really in depth when it comes down to firefighter resiliency um, and on all of that. And it just was um, a lot of information packed in, like you said, a fire hose, man. And it was incredible. But what, what I really enjoyed about it was the after time that you and I got to talk and, and I met you, I came over, said hello, uh, introduced each other, right? We, we had some small yep. chit chat and then we started talking about um, just life. Um, and we were talking about the fire service, the state of the fire service, you know, the pros, the cons, things that are happening. And then you told me the story about a bus driver and that story, my man train train. Was it a train? I'm sorry. A train. Yeah. It was the light train with light rail or I think it was just the Amtrak. Honestly, I I don't think it was that fast one. 
I'll tell you, man, um, you talked about this poor woman who oh. piloted this train and it was uh, she ended up hitting another person that was on the tracks and that it wasn't her first time. And I think you said it was her seventh time. And, yeah. and she talked about and and you took the time as a responding firefighter to the incident. But you recognize through your training and knowledge and education on PTSD and behavioral health, you recognize that she needed something more and that you took the time to speak with her and you took the time to learn her story. And there were some key things that she said to you that stood out, correct? That made yeah. you go, I need some more time here. And in fact, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I have the story right. You asked your battalion chief to keep you guys out of service longer so you could sit and talk with her and see where she really was with all of this. Yeah, it was was my captain. I told my captain I needed some, uh, if we get a special detail assignment. He said, no problem. How long? 45 minutes? I said, yeah. He said, I'll get you an hour. So he got us an hour, and um, I sat with her for an hour. Talk to me a little bit about that. I have to think, when when you dedicate so much of your time, and I really want to learn the backstory because, you know, you and I were talking about it, and you had a great quote already that I think is going to be the title of this podcast, The Journey is the Story. And for you to be teaching and talking about these topics, these really heavy topics, these are not light topics, right? This is not forcing a door or searching the floor above. I mean, this is, this is some pretty heavy stuff that we typically in the fire service shy away from talking about. And I think we're doing a much better job today, but we have a very long way to go in addressing mental health, substance abuse, divorce, you know, self-care. These are all things that we don't like to talk about. Uh, we like to tuck them away and, and save them for a day that uh, they, they just sh show their face, right? Um, yeah. How do you manage this? I mean, for you to sit there and give so much time back to a complete stranger, a woman that was in need of a conversation or just a a touch of the hand or a, or a bat of the eyes or a sympathetic smile. What does that do for you? And then how do you manage and deal with all of that heaviness? So uh, here's what we know in the fires, almost every fireman. And when I say fireman, it's not a sexist word. If you've earned the title fireman, I don't care what sex you are, then you should be proud of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so every fireman, knows that this career, this walk, this longing, this passion, whatever you want to call it, is all about output. So you can output, 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 and eventually you're going to be hollow. It's just going to suck the life out of you mm. because you have no input. So what do you do for input? How do you feed your soul? And you have to find ways to do that. One of the ways I do that is through prayer and meditation. I start my day like that. Mm. If I don't start my day like that, my day goes to hell in a handbasket. I have an app on my phone, a calendar app. Everybody's got one. I log it in for three times a day, pray, and I get an alert three times a day to pray. And it focuses me back on my spiritual nature. My spiritual nature, I never really considered much as far as I was concerned. Is it okay to swear on here? A hundred percent. Okay, I thought that shit was for pussies, okay? And um, yeah. I did. I, I thought it was for pussies. I didn't understand that the toughest men in the world are the ones, and the most successful tough men in the world, are the ones that actually focused on the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual aspect of their life. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand about intake. I didn't understand about how to feed my soul. So I had to learn about stuff like that. So I surround myself 
with men um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights, four nights out of the week, I'm surrounded by men that are righteous men. What I mean by that is guys that are trying to be a better version of themselves. Because so clearly, I mean, if I'm give everybody a spoiler alert, I'm a Christian and, and I believe in God. All right. And if you're uncomfortable with that, don't sweat it. It ain't like an STD. You ain't going to get it just because you talk to me. All right? So I, 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 the reason for surrounding myself with men like that, because when I'm alone, I'm in a bad place. I'm in a bad neighborhood when I'm left alone in my head. I come up with some really stupid things. Um, you know, with all due respect to alcohol, I've been sober 36 years, God willing, this yeah. year. And I've done some incredibly stupid shit sober. So, uh, you know, I can't blame it on alcohol or anything. Oh, it's me. I guess it's it. me. So I've, I've learned that it's, uh, it, it, it's every day you have to suit up for battle. In the fire service, we suit up for battle. What do you do? Well, you get your mind right. It starts when you're driving to work. When you're driving to work, you think about weather conditions, time of year. Is it a holiday? Is it a weekend? Uh, what, 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 what's going on You know, at that time? What firehouse are you at? Who are you working with? So you're already getting prepped. Then when you go there, you get your gear and you get all your freaking, all your tools, right? Yeah. All your weapons. You get everything ready. Make sure everything's functional. You know, well, it's the same way in everyday life, except the weapons that for this kind of battle, they're not your traditional weapons. They're not weapons of war that you, way that you know them. You have to be able to prepare yourself for this type of a battle. It's a mental battle. It's an emotional battle, and it's a spiritual battle. And and anybody that's been in this business long enough has seen some evil shit. And if there is evil, there is good. If there is good, there is a God. And if there is a God, there's a devil. And the more righteous you get, the harder you're hunted. The greater that that you know, the greater that disappointment will come at you, the, the greater that tragedy will try to come at you, the greater, you know, you'll, you'll be lured into things that you shouldn't be doing, you know, and, and those types of things. And so you have to prepare yourself for these types of battles. And that's where the meditation and that's where the visualization, that's where the who you associate with is who you are comes into play. It's, um, you know, how well rested are you? Have you thought things through, you know, a simple, a simple thing that a very dear friend of mine's name's Dennis taught me. He says, you know how you make, you know how you make tough decisions real easy. I'm like, please tell me. He says, don't put yourself in a bad position to begin with. And I was like, damn, why didn't I think of that? You know, and so, it's the truth. so simple, but yeah, right. I mean, yeah. so simple, but so cha so challenging, so difficult. So that's, that's how I keep giving back. There are times that I have to say, no, I can't do it right now, but hit me up in a month, hit me up in a couple of weeks, hit me up in six months, whatever. And I'm in that's so but right now. I can't, that's so powerful. So many people have a hard time saying no. And then people yeah. take on such incredible burden. I love the thunder behind you, by the way, you said you had a thunderstorm uh, rolling through. It's booming pretty yeah. much. You know, Florida. people, people struggle with saying no. And, um, you know, and I, I think that, you know, you, you, you have to wrap our brain around that. And I wanted to ask you this too. You mentioned self like self care. Right. This is this is all about self-care. When you talk about meditate and prayer, surrounding yourself with people that are pushing themselves to be better. And when you keep company like that, it occupies you. It occupies your time and uh, right. and so on. Bye, guys. 
My my daughter and her best friend are leaving for a sweet sixteen. So just saying goodbye. They peeked their head in. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, really cool. Nice. So see that kind of stuff. Just taking a quick break from whatever you're doing and 100%. acknowledging somebody that you love 100%. in your family. I didn't do that in my first marriage. Mm. Well, I did, but not like I do now. You know, yeah. I, I had to learn. I had to learn. It's important to me because what what grounds me is my my family my kids, my wife, I am a hundred percent dedicated and devoted to my family. Um, and there are times that I take liberties or I, I take too much than I give, but I have to give at some point. Right. So it's finding that balance. There's never, there's never an even balance, but sometimes you take more and then sometimes you have to give more. And, uh, and so that's important for me, but I wanted to ask you about the self-care. I'm sorry to interrupt, but the self-care, It's hard for so many people that in the fire service, right? We all like to think that we put others first and that's part of never saying no. Also, it's always saying yes or, you know, and so on. So how do we people that typically put others first in a, in a service minded lifestyle that many of us live, right? How do we manage self-care for ourselves? We have to prioritize it, right? Yeah. I, I think a lot of people, uh, I guarantee you there's somebody right now, and they're going to laugh when I say this, there's somebody right now or whenever this show comes available, they're going to listen to it and they're going to be drinking. They're going, we're freaking doing self-care right now, bro. Yeah. You know, yeah, that ain't self-care. That ain't, that ain't self-care. And, and if you think it is, okay, I got a challenge for you. Try getting self-care and not drinking. Yeah. And if, if it becomes a problem and you can't do it, eh, maybe you should look a little bit closer at that. You know, um, there is, and, and here's why in the beginning, when I started the fire service, I started sober. So it was hard for me to break into my firehouse. Cause if you didn't drink with these guys, you weren't trustworthy. Mm-hmm. So it took about six months before somebody that knew me floated into the firehouse. And, um, they were like, Oh, Rick George works here. And they're like, yeah, yeah, what's up with that dude? He's fucking weird, bro. He don't drink. He don't come out with us. He don't do anything. Wow. And he's, they're like, whatever you do, do not give that man alcohol. As a matter of fact, it was the captain who floated in. He says, matter of fact, it's an order. You do not give it. And so he told him a couple stories. He happened to know of me. We ran in parallel crowds. I had a reputation. I was, I was, uh, I don't want to make light of it, but I will. I was a bad boy. Yeah. But I, I, I was not. I was, a, I was, I was bad. I was bad. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, they started trusting me more. And before you know it, I become the designated driver. I'm going to all the games, you know, I'm free. You know, I, I pull them out of fights when they get into a fight, you know, I'll protect them. You know, I'll take them, you know, if they deserve it, I'll let them take a little bit of a beating before I come in and breach in and pull them out and stuff, you know, but I, I, so, you know, and, and so I'm, what I'm in hindsight, I was witnessing what they were doing and what I was doing. And even though what I was doing was not the same thing that they were doing, we were both doing something similar. We were doing things that was working for us, right? Interesting. Um, like before I quit drinking, I drank. Why'd you drink? Well, because I liked the fucking effect, bro. Yeah. I liked the way it made me feel. I yeah. liked the way that I could express myself, you know? And, and, and I liked it until it stopped working. And so it's the same in the fire service, the things that I thought I was doing to be able to manage it. I thought because I was managing it, well, I'm filling the pressure cooker up. It wasn't even close to full yet. So now when that pressure cooker fills up with maladaptive behavior and things start to come apart, 
you're, um, you're, you're left wondering what, what the fuck's going on? I'm doing what I've always done. It's not working anymore. Yeah. Well, it's because it was maladaptive from the beginning. So it's, it's sneaky, right? You think you're, you're, you got it. You think that it's working, you know, but you don't know that that, that shit's waiting. It's waiting. It's laying dormant. Yeah. It's, it's in the fucking parking lot while you're at work doing push-ups and sit-ups waiting for your ass. Cause when you get off duty, that's when shit goes sideways, you know? And so when it catches you, you wonder what's wrong and you start searching in all these different areas. And it's just that we never really were doing it right to begin with. And what I mean by right is allowing some of that pressure out of us. Well, how do you do that? Well, like I said before, it's a mental, it's a physical, it's an emotional, it's a spiritual. Where do you go to get mental and physical? Physical, you go to a gym, you can burn off some stuff, right? Yeah. The mental, you educate yourself about what the side effects of this stuff are. The emotional, maybe you take a yoga class, maybe you take a breathing class, maybe you go to EAP, you see a psychologist, you do groups with uh, groups of men where it's like a buddy check and it's okay to go ahead and get emotional. And you start identifying emotions and stuff. Because me, I only knew happy and I knew angry. And that's all I needed. The highs that's and all lows. I needed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know any in between. There was no in between. And so, and then the spiritual side is the side that uh, really threw me for a loop because um, I thought I was spiritual, but I wasn't. And and when I say spiritual, I really don't care what anybody does with regards to spiritual, as long as it is feeding their soul. And they have to do some inward looking at to what that means for them. Yeah. Because it's different for everybody. I'm not going to lecture to people about, well, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm just going to tell you, this is what I do. Maybe you get an idea of how you can implement it your way. I don't, and I, I really don't care. I mean, I do care what you do, but I don't care how you do it. As long as you find a way that works for you. How? And so, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. I was going to, I was going to ask, I wanted to, I wanted to say how, I mean, super powerful in everything that you're saying. And, and, you know, you know, you were a bad boy early on, right. And you mixed up in trouble, all those things. Right. And, and I guess my question is then is for, I think about a lot of times when I do this podcast, I think about the listener and I, I think about what they're going to get out of the conversation. Right. I want everybody to take away something. I talk a lot about accountability, um, your own accountability. You have Ooh. to, you have to own it. Yeah. I'm thinking through the process of your life, right? And going from literally probably one extreme to a very other extreme, right? For you and where you are today versus where you were 35 years ago or more, right? Like, so you had to take ownership at some point. Yeah. How, yeah, I, how hard was that? Because I think that is what a lot of people struggle with. You, I, I wrote down a, a quote you said, I liked it. I liked it until it stopped working. People medicate themselves all the time to insulate themselves from, from the real world, right? You said at the yeah. firehouse it's structured, so I'm good there. But as soon as I leave work and go into that parking lot, it's lying in wait for me, right? Oh, yeah. People are battling those battles every single day. How do we, how do we know it's okay to admit we need to own it so we know how to address it? Does that make sense? Yeah. So nobody's going to step up and say, well, number one, most people are listening to this and they're probably going, yeah, I kind of get it. But uh, what do you, what the, how do, how do you do that? Yeah. What, are you, what are you talking about? Owning what? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I give you an example. Uh, when I would get off work, um, except for one year and it wasn't even a full year, 
about eight months of my career, I've been at uh, busy houses. I mean, they, they move, they move. And uh, sleep is a commodity that is uh, far and few between. Yeah. And so I would uh, be excited to go home. But when I got home, I just couldn't take the kids. I couldn't take the, the, the noise. I was like on pins and needles and I was like, uh, not exhausted or fatigued, but it was like a, like a, an adrenal backlash. Like you have to be on a, a heightened level of awareness when you're on shift. And then when you're off, kind of let your guard down a little bit and you go yeah. home and it's like, it catches up to you, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I was, I had a short fuse at home and I was, I was, I was a fucking tyrant, you know? Mm. Um, I tell a couple funny stories about shit, but I mean, you know, my, my wife would ask me something complicated, like what I want for dinner that night. And I would lose my shit. Like I really, I just walked in the door. It's not even lunchtime. You want to know what the fuck I want for dinner? It's like, a re I know she's just trying to be kind, Yeah. you know, and those were my reactions. So did you recognize that at the time? I kind of did. And you know, the odd part is somebody had to point most of this shit out. Yeah. To right. That's yes. Went, yes. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they pointed it out. So I was seeing somebody, what, what did they call it? They used to call it, uh, what, what did not burnout? Yeah. They called it that for a while. Compassion fatigue. That was it. They called it compassion fatigue for a while. Okay. All kinds of other, I was fatigued, bro. I was fatigued. I'm taking care of total strangers and giving them my heart and fucking soul. And I come home and nobody gets shit from me. Yeah. That's not right. Yeah. That's not right. That, and that doesn't make me feel good, made me feel less than. So now the journey begins on how to figure that out, you know, because I was comparing myself to who I used to be. You know, I'm black and white now. I mean, if you really want to get a view on Rick George, you should see in his ass when he was in full color, you know, because wow. yeah. I was not a nice guy. I was smuggling drugs into the country. I was dealing drugs. We were moving it across state lines. Um, I got friends of mine that were murdered. It was just, it was just, and I come from a good family, bro. Yeah. There was no abuse. There was none of that shit going on in my family. I got no excuses, you know? Um, and so when I, when I, I give that up, I think, okay. That's what I needed to do. And, and yeah, it is. But uh, living that lifestyle also comes with the behavior. Yeah. Right. That's right. a that's a whole lifestyle thing. It's not just something you do. Yeah, for sure. Um, so now I'm, I'm trying to learn how to live a different life. And unfortunately, I didn't have the mentors that I needed at the time. They would come in and out of my life and they were kind of fleeting. And I know what that was at the time. At the time is somebody will come into your life and you'll learn something. And then they kind of like filter off and you think, holy shit, I can't do this without him. But that is the point and time where I have to refine the process that I learned with this person. Mm. And that, that refinement takes time. And I'm not a patient person, you uh, know, by nature. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so then the next person shows up and I'm a little hesitant, you know, because it just doesn't seem right and whatever. And the more I listen, the more I'm engaged. And then that person filters off or tells me, you, you haven't changed. You're still doing the same shit. Yeah. You know, and I, I got to take a hard look at myself and go, all right, well, he's right, you know. And and so then now I got to go through that refinement. Pro that refinement process takes years. It takes years you know, and, and it doesn't come easily. So if you're not listening to people, 
that have come before you, right? We'll teach you about fucking flow paths, how to force a door, how to take the top off a fucking building, how to repel, you know, how to search, all kinds of other crazy shit, how to stay in shape. And you'll listen. But when we tell you the rest of the shit, you ain't listening. Yeah. Well, I wonder what? why that is. Because it's not fucking sexy. Because you don't get anybody patting you on the back going, out of boy, good job. Well, I think you got to... But the other aspect of it too, and this was this is the, bringing it right back to my very important point was you got to take ownership of it. All the other stuff, you got to look in a mirror, man. Yeah. You know, like if I if I'm not the best at forcible entry, okay, I'll learn my skills. Like I'll do better. I'll put in a little more time if I choose to. But if you want me to focus on myself and and look in a mirror and be able to accept that I'm not the guy that I envision that I am or that I right. have faults. And that's why, like, I'm thinking about your journey and I'm thinking about all these people that came in and out of your lives at different times. And now today, do you think back with, with much more clarity than you had at the time and you think about what those individuals were trying to do or did for you? I mean, oh, that's, yeah. yeah. They all yeah. came in yeah. at different times, probably with a different message. Absolutely. I'll give you a, I'll give you a caveat. Mm. If you want to learn forcible entry and you want to learn how to take top off a building and all this other stuff, there's a couple of motivating factors. Okay. The motivating factors are one, I don't want to look like a fool in front of my freaking partners. Correct. Okay. And everybody else. Number two, I'd like to consider myself, you know, high speed, low drag fireman. So I want to learn this stuff because I want to be good at my craft. Right. But that stuff that we're talking about, nobody sees but it affects everything. And that's, uh, that's the part they don't get. Character huge. is not seen, but it influences every aspect of your life and everything that you do. And so living from high moral character is extremely important, important enough that we thought enough of it to open our book. The first chapter is about character. And so when, when this is, this is one of those things where there are no attaboys, it's an inside job. It's an internal movement and, and the pleasure comes from learning how to achieve that stuff. You ever see Maslow's hierarchy, right? Yeah. And, and up in, until you get to self-actualization, mm -hmm. when you hit the fourth stage, um, it, all of the motivation stops because you have achieved everything in Maslow's scale. But self-actualization actually creates its own motivation. And this is what we're talking about. Creating that character, becoming okay with yourself, becoming the man that you want to be or that you've always wanted to be. Or, you know, the one that that girl or guy that, you know, got away from you said, you know, you have so much potential. I used to fucking hate that. You have so much potential, you know, and I because I, I didn't know what the hell they were talking about, because this is one of those things that it's a battle, bro. It's a lifelong battle. You have to have experiences that tear you down in order to want you to change. If it's not happening, you're not going to change. You're going to think everything's cool, right? I mean, why would I change if everything's going great? But, but I wouldn't. Do you recognize that you're fooling yourself, though? I don't think so. I think I think there are times where you do. Yeah. But for the most part, in the beginning, I don't think you know the difference. Right. Okay. I don't think okay. Know the, unless they've had that type of an upbringing, you know. Yeah. And, and I don't want to put this out like my family didn't give me. They did give me, but I didn't get it. Yeah, no, I, I, I get whatever that. whatever reason, right, sure. all the synopsis were not firing on Rick George. You know, that's why when I introduce myself, I say, yeah, I know Rick George. He doesn't impress me. He doesn't impress me one bit because yeah. I know I'm not the type of man that I want to be yet. And I may never be. 
But if your standard is so low that you're achieving it every day, your standard's too fucking Not low. Too low. You should probably raise it. Yeah, yeah. But you, but I mean, that's where you are today. But yes. how low were your standards years ago, right? I mean, everything in, was motivated by fear. That's right. Everything was motivated by fear. I learned to fight out of fear. I learned how to be a better fireman out of fear. Mm. Um, I overcame uh, my mask issues early, early on. Uh, we had those old corrugated MSA tubings, you know, and the old yeah. fucking air packs. Yeah. The mask was so small, bro. My eyes were the size, size of saucers. I guarantee it. I'm looking around the class. Everybody else's eyes are like that. I, I, in hindsight, I see it, but at the time I was thinking, <laughs> Oh my God, yeah. what the fuck have I got myself into? Wow. You know, and I had to learn how to overcome that. And, and, but it was all out of fear because I didn't want to look like a fool in front of him or a failure. But is, this was is, something that I wanted to do my whole life. Is fire fear good? I'm faced with this. I think fear will keep your ass alive. Yeah. I think fear is good. Yeah. But fear, fear is a fear is a fear is a good guide. Fear is not a good master. Oh, that's good. It, it just it, it's not. If you're living your life from fear, and that's your that's your compass, uh, you're you're missing out on a whole fucking side of life that is really wonderful. Uh, it's incredible. I mean, <laughs> gone to Texas is an example. What a freaking great Southern hospitality. I had a blast there, man. Yes. To hang out with my heroes and shit, man. It, it was wonderful. It was hot as shit. And you taught was... in a bathing suit and flip-flops, I think, because you uh, you came right from the airport, brother. <laughs> okay, I, I want to get something straight, all right? I, I want to get something straight. I did. I came right off my flight of into the rental did. car, straight to the did. auditorium and right yes. onto the stage. Yeah. But it's because they were supposed to switch me for Saturday. Right. And they neglected to. And then people bought tickets, and they said, man, there's some people here that came here just to see you. Yeah. And I'm like... That's ridiculous. Why would anybody want to come just see me? Yeah, well, because the I'm not impressed with me thing, right? But I, and I was like, no problem. Look, and and they came up with the idea we can postpone it for half an hour, forty five minutes an hour. I'm like, do that. I'll be there. I'll be there. And yeah, I just I, was, I, I had to do like stand up comedy. I was singing karaoke. I was just delaying anything I could do <laughs> I, to keep. I, to it. <laughs> I heard that uh, you did an excellent job, man. Yeah, thank you. You know, thank you. That's funny. But let me so. What did what did you just say to me? It's because you were like, oh, people were there to see you, and and you. It's hard for you to believe that because you you don't believe in yourself. What what did you just say to me? I'm sorry. I I, I want. I don't. To, uh, when when people say they're coming to to see me, I'm like, I I just I don't. I'm just a messenger, bro. I know. I understand I that, but is, but you do know, you that's... do you discredit your abilities and no, and, okay. no. No, I'm, I'm okay. So here's what I'm, uh, I'm just the messenger. I, get I don't it. take the glory. The glory's not mine. The glory's God's. So when people look at me, I'm like, man, you're missing whole, the whole topic. You're missing everything. It ain't me. It's you. It's your relationship. It's your, how you deal with things internally. And in turn, that internal takes care of the external. It's well, not the other way you're around. You're a steward of the message. You might be the messenger, but That's we always, it. we always tip the messenger because the messenger does an incredible job. Right. And you, you got you, to. It, right. And so like. You have to. That's a responsibility that comes with it. But I think it's okay for you to accept that, though, too. And I think that that's part of this is, like, I talk to a lot of guys that teach all over the country, and they're so humble and so polite. And so guys like Mo Davis, right, Clyde Clyde Gordon, like, these are, like, I missed super. Mo. Yeah. I missed my Mo, and I missed Clyde both. Yeah, and, and they were both very powerful, very moving, you know, keynote, uh, keynotes for each day at that conference. But 
my point is they're they're so humble and appreciative for the job and what the job has done for them and they're just humble servants to give back to it but my point is though too is they should recognize about how important their message is and and when you are a messenger of something bigger and you're doing it for all the right reasons though it's okay for you to take a half a second and just say you know what what i'm doing is right what i'm doing is good and people need Rick George's. People want to hear and talk to Rick George. The reason why I wanted to have you on this show today with me is because your message is strong and powerful and your personality and the way you deliver it matters. You know, somebody else could talk about this, but doesn't have the same passion or drive or desire to push this message to try to help people along the way. And so it matters. And so you know, I just I never want guys to sell themselves short, and and um, and you know everybody should recognize the importance that they bring. And if it, if you are a messenger, absolutely do the very best that you can, and you do. But understand that what you're bringing to the table, you know the 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 mission doesn't get shared if we don't have stewards and messengers of that mission. You are absolutely correct. Everything that you said. Yeah, I think that the my. The way that I approach it is don't focus on the messenger so much that the message gets lost. I get it. A hundred percent. I can understand that. You know, yep. and, and that's what I don't want. I took myself off social media about eight, seven, eight years ago. Um, I mean, I got an Insta page and a, and a work, it's a work page and a, and a work page on Facebook, but, th and that's it. I don't, I suck at marketing, which is why I'm going to talk to you about it later. But um, <laughs> my, my point is, is I, I'm going places and people are looking at me and they're going, oh, that's Rick George. And I'm going, oh no, 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 no. I'm not comfortable with this. I don't like the recognition. I don't, I, I will say, I will tell you, yes, thank you very much. That's great. I worked very hard at making sure that this message resonates and that it has integrity in it and that it has value. And I, I, and, and I work even harder when we do our workshops for retention. Um, but I, I don't want, I don't, I don't need the attention. I understand that. I don't, and I, I don't it. want it, you know, and, and, and I, and, and there was a period of time in my life where I was an attention whore. And so, um, you know, people put names on it, like keeping your ego in check. Um, I prefer to just say, stay humble, man, stay humble. I mean, you know, humility is the greatness. It's such a simple thing to do, but you know, it, it took me a long time to learn how to stay humble. I may ride on the truck these days, but I still keep my original snagger tool by Modus Fire Rescue on me at all times, just in case those guys on the engine need some help moving the line. The snagger is great for that and many more things. It's also great for used for breaking tempered glass or in a pinch as a spanner wrench. So head over to ModusFireRescue.com and use code THESIZEUP, one word, to save yourself 5%. This episode's brought to you by Taylor's Tins. Taylor and his crew at Taylor's Tins have been manufacturing aluminum helmet fronts since 2017. With over 200,000 tins in the market, they are a leader in the helmet front space. Custom designed one-offs to department orders. They can turn them around within 24 to 48 hours. Customer service is what they pride themselves on, and they provide nothing but top-shelf product and service to their customers. Check them out at taylorstins.com and check out their full line of product offering. They've always been a very strong supporter since day one with the National Fire Radio podcast and platform. And Taylor and his crew have become dear friends of ours and we appreciate the support. And at checkout, 
for a little extra bonus. Use coupon code NFR sent me. That's NFR sent me for a discount on your order. Exclusions do apply. Anyway, check out taylorstins.com for the latest and greatest offerings from Taylor and his crew. And in the words of Taylor, stop burning up leather. I think that you know, com- it comes with time and experience and maturity, right? Maturity, I mean, I, absolutely. I, I'm 46 years old. I talk about this all the time on the podcast. And, and you know, the, the fireman I was 25, 30 years ago is very different than the fireman I, I am today. Agreed. I, yeah. I, I, I don't even know who that guy was. Yeah. But I can tell you that if you're saying that, yeah, probably. That's and, probably so. And I'll I know it's you, so with me. And I'll tell you, I like who I am today much more than I liked who I was 25 years ago. Woo! Amen, bro. Yeah. I can sleep now. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. Yeah. I can sleep now. Yeah. I, well, there was a period of time in my life when somebody did me wrong. I couldn't sleep until the next time I had an opportunity to get even and get revenge. And that was the guy I was. And I would wait patiently, but I would lose sleep and I would stress over it and I would plot and plan 10,000 forms of death for the person and till my moment came. And then it was just vengeance quick, you know, and I don't like that guy. I don't, that is a, that is not, that is a survival thing. That is not a life thing. Yeah. You're not living, you're surviving, you know, and when you're stuck in the sympathetic, you know, fight, flight, freeze. When you're stuck in that, that was never meant to be stuck in. That's just for survival. You know, it's the reactive mind. And when your whole day is a reactive mind, yeah, there's probably a problem there. Uh, that is very well said, reactive mind. Um, I think most people live that way. I agree. I, and I think that our culture in this country right now, I think it perpetuates it. Yeah, I would agree. I think we have a challenge in front of us. And I want to ask okay. you the state of the fire service and where we are today. I mean, suicide in the fire service is... Uh, uh, it, it just seems to be so prevalent. Um, just a, just a, a, a brother the other day took his life again. Uh, I just saw on social and it is prevalent. And I think there's a lot of um, battles happening, personal battles that people are happening uh, for or people are dealing with and they're, they're having their own personal struggles and battles. And, and how do we, how do we do better? How do we educate? How do we, how do we let the guy know across from us that, we're literally right here. How do like I see I talk about this. We've had mental health people on before and and so on. And I'm so clueless to really the the all of the all of this. I really am. And and Rob, who does uh, the podcast with me, too, um, he is in mental health and he he works on, uh, you know, uh, critical incident stress, the briefings and all that stuff. And he's certified and all of that. And he speaks very well to this. And I ask him, and I find myself having trouble trying to um, inquire or talk about this topic because I just don't know enough. And I think there's a lot of people like me that just don't understand it or or understand some of the foundational things that maybe we need to know more about so that maybe we can, you know, offer a hand or lend a hand or an ear or do something more for anyone that's that possibly needs it. Um, and I, I know it kind of sounds – I'm not – I'm not poetic in any means because I'm uncomfortable talking about this, Rick. I'm going to be honest mm. with you. Like it's not gotcha. the easiest thing for me to talk about because I'm not educated enough in it to, to articulate my points of view, but what can we do? What can a guy like me, who's not 
articulate in this matter or doesn't really understand it like someone else does. How, what can I do? What can we do as a fire service? Okay. So I think that it, number one, my goal and the goal of multiple people, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of bull, did mm-hmm. the big walk, uh, bull and, uh, Jason Patton sure. and, uh, you know, people like Jeremy, uh, Sanders who yep. says hello, by the way, yeah. um, all, all these, all these people are, are involved in trying to normalize conversations yes. about this stuff. Yes. And I think that when we normalize it, um, people like you and people that don't have the, the comfort to be able to say what you said, mm will be given that ability to talk about it openly and go, yo, well, what, what, okay. So a guy comes up to me and says, Hey man, I'm thinking about blowing my brains out. What do you say? Yeah. What do you do? Right. Well, if, 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 so we, we do this thing when we do our immersion training and I, I like to put it like in Florida terms, right? In Florida, we, we deal with hurricanes and tornadoes that spin off from that we're going to do without power for a while and possibly water and fuel is going to be a shortage of, you know, you better have enough food and all this other crap, right. For your family. But we don't prepare during the storm because storms reveal foundations. It's not the time to build them. So you need to build that foundation for those inevitable conversations or contacts prior to the contact and the conversation occurring. Mm. So it sounds like, okay, what would I do? I don't know. Okay, well, number one, find some resources like uh, Next Rung or, um, you know, the, the, in the state of Florida, we have the, uh, the collaborative um, and there are people that you can reach out to and say, you know what, Jeremy, I, I, I don't know, but I tell you what I do know. I know some people that know. Yeah. And I guide you in the right direction and I stay with you until you get that direction. And then if there's something else that I can do as scary and as it, cause it's going to put you out, whatever's on your calendar that day is going to, is gone. Yeah, It's done. Cause right. this isn't one of those, Oh, I got somebody to talk to. I feel so much better. If somebody's ready to put a marble in their grape motherfucker, this is something that's been going on for a long time. Yeah. And it ain't going to go away right away. Just with somebody that able to talk to being with somebody that they know they're safe. If they're talking to you about it, it's because they trust you. Now, how do you keep that trust? Well, you guide them in the right direction. You listen to what they have to say. And the more that you do this type of stuff, you add to your repertoire. So I know how to say, hey, bro, listen, man, no matter what, I'm here. I'm not going nowhere, okay? Um, listen, little sister, you talk about whatever you want to talk about. I'm going to try to find you somebody, me and you, we're all day long. We're hanging out. Okay. And, and we'll go out and we'll do our thing and we'll find you some help and I'll set you up. Okay. Even if it's by phone, you know, however, it's got to be done, but you find ways to be authentic. If you're not authentic and you don't know what you're doing, don't get involved Mm. because it's just going to cause more distrust in the person who already does not trust anybody or anything. And it's not because you're a bad person. It's just because you can't deliver. Yeah. 
and and this person's going to know, oh, fuck this. Why did I even open my mouth? He's going to tell other people. Exactly. Their state of mind is not normal. It's irrational thinking. Yeah. Okay. And that's the, the stuff they're going to be thinking. Oh, my God, don't tell anybody that I told you this and this and that. They're fucking frightened. They're embarrassed. They're ashamed. You know, it's not a good place to be. So keeping that in mind, that should influence the relationship that you can have with the person. Be empathetic. And if, and if you've got some stories that you can relate, share them, bro. It's all about the story, man. It's yeah. all about the story, you know? Um, and then from there, they need professional help, whether it's a treatment facility, whether it's outpatient, whether it's just EAP, you know, what, or, 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 or if you have EAP and you don't go because it's freaking run by HR and it becomes punitive, fuck it, spend some damn money the way you would on a cover charge and go into a bar and all kinds of other shit and go get you a therapist. You know, or a psychologist, even better. You know, somebody, preferably somebody that's familiar with our culture. And our culture is a hard, abrasive, black humor, angry culture. That's yeah. normal for us. Yeah. I don't need to go to counseling with somebody who says, well, your problem is you have an anger issue. Man, what, you know what? When I punch you in the throat, then you can tell me I got an anger issue, yeah. okay? Yeah. It's not my problem, yeah. you know, and, and I don't want to have to explain that. So I, you, you need to find somebody that's familiar with your culture, you know, because they get it. That's just fucking white noise. It's just talk. That's how they express themselves. It's not a big deal. Okay. It's actually healthy. Everybody in it does it. And that's how we communicate. Okay. So we need to find people that understand the way we communicate yeah. is essentially what we're doing. Right. And, and so it's a, it's a lot of burden on the person that wants to get involved and it's not sexy, you know, but it is what it is, man. Yeah. I mean, you are your brother's keeper. How important is it for us to be alert and aware of our own, right? Because like so many guys and girls are so self-absorbed these days that they don't even lift their head up to see if somebody's acting out or, or somebody's acting a little bit different or there's some type of different, chat or, or lack of banter that used to be there, right? Signs, right? We need sure. to invest into our people, right? Sure. I think that, I think that even the people that are constantly on the computer or their phone or stuff, they're aware enough of what's going on around them that, yeah, that person is changing. That person is, or they hear somebody say, do you notice something different? And they go, no, I haven't. But then they start paying attention. Yeah. So I think that, I think that it starts with your company, your crew, whatever first and as you get better you're going to start to recognize it in other places but not only that as you prove yourself to be somebody that's trustworthy and helpful others will reach out to you so be careful if you're going to step up because they will come they will come because there's a lot of brothers and sisters hurting out there and they don't say shit and they put on that happy face till it's too late Till it's too late. And and you got to yeah. be able to, you know, ask the hard questions. Number one, are you thinking about killing yourself or hurting yourself? And it, it, listen for the answer. Don't be scared to ask that question. I mean, isn't that the most important thing? I need to make sure this guy's not going to, you know, I, yeah. I, you're not going to kill yourself, are you? Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about suicide ideation. I'm talking about, are you, do you have a plan? Do you want to put it into play? You know? If it's no, okay, good. I can breathe. I can breathe. And I get the suicide ideation and it can lead to that. But the suicide ideation where you're thinking about it is different than when you make a plan and you're good to go, you know, and that's a whole nother change in personality that occurs as a result of that. But, um, cause they're relieved. So they're almost happy 
and they seem happier, like they've turned a corner. And what it is, they got a plan, and they know there's an end date, so they can relax. Why? And, do, why do we always hear? I never saw that coming. I can't believe it was him. It, it, I, I never saw it coming. I mean, because because yeah. we haven't been trained for it. Mm. We haven't been trained for it, bro. We we're teaching guys breathing techniques. And we're teaching them meditation yep. and we're teaching them how to use these meditations to be able to incorporate them in a mental rehearsal so that they can practice things in their head purposefully. Everybody probably does it, but we just define it and give it structure. Yes. And so now they can purposefully do it and it can be applied to anything. And we teach them things like segmenting, how to break it up into smaller pieces so that it's not just one giant freaking shit sandwich, you know, and, and, and this is for performance but it's the same thing for mental health. Yeah. So we're teaching them this for performance. That's not being taught in the fire academies either. And neither is, they, they call it suicide prevention or awareness, but I think, you know, there's a term that I heard coined by a guy, his name is John and he calls it mental hygiene. And I was like, that's fucking beautiful. I love that mental hygiene. We, we should have a class that everybody is mandatory as they go through the fire Academy. And it, it should be one of those things that you have to be reserted in every year, just like CPR and all that other bullshit that we got to do mental hygiene, you know, um, self-care and mental hygiene, you know, and, and what's, what's applicable for you, what to see in others and what's applicable for them, but the, the three different phases of it, you know, and, and we're just not prepared for it, but we are not prepared. It's you're hearing it on a podcast for fuck's sake. Yeah. And it should be in the fucking books, you know, but it's not. And, 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 and honestly, I just don't think the fire service knew about it because neuroscience is now verifying all this shit pretty much like uh, NIST and UL did with flow paths. Yeah. Something we've always done. Right. And same with VES, something we've always done. And now they're, they're verifying. Yeah, that shit's legit, you know? Um, and, and it, you know, it's, it's like Nana or, or, or your auntie or your grandmother, whoever raised you or your, your dad or whoever, you know, and, and they told you, you know, listen, before you say anything, take a deep breath and count to 10. <laughs> they, they knew, and that's the neural reset. Yeah. Except yeah. we just teach a breathing with that, with the neural reset, you know? And so the, these are things that are all verified now, but I, I don't think that the fire service was aware that they had the problem, bro. I really don't. So right. I can't, I can't really blame the fire service for it. I get it. I, I agree with you. Um, developing firefighter <coughs> resiliency, the word resiliency. I think about the story that you've just shared with us for the last 50 minutes right now on this podcast, right? Looking at the clock on this podcast. And I think about, what you shared with us today, um, you know, some of your former years before the fire service and, uh, and where you are today, resiliency, what does that word mean to you? So it's funny how that came about. Uh, I'm sitting here trying to remember his name. I'm going to look his name up while we're talking. Mm. I, uh, I overheard a conversation once cause we were doing stress inoculation is what we were calling it. And, um, Somebody posted something, and I want to say it was Eric Haskins um, out of Idaho. I think it was Eric. Um, I, I, I can't remember, so I'm going to give him credit for it. And I apologize if I get it wrong. They said, is it really inoculation if you can never achieve it? Mm. And I started thinking about it, and I was like, damn, they're they're right. And it always... 
there is always another level of stress that you can reach, right? Yeah. So you really can't inoculate anybody against it. And I give a lot of examples of it when I do a workshop. I'm not going to do it here, mm -hmm. but because it's just too much. No, I understand. But resilience is when you teach people when they get stretched, right? With stress and pressure and everything, how they can come back to whole as best as possible. And so, yeah, you're going to get stressed, but this is what you can do to bring yourself back. And, and, and because when you get stressed and it dips into that nervous system, the sympathetic, that's when you start to lose rational thought and everything. So if we can, if you can recognize it and do the breath and the neural reset, and then understand what the ruminative thoughts that go on in your head are, the negative self-talk, and flip them to a positive because you practiced it. Now you've got a complete reset and you've gone to the parasympathetic, which allows rational thought. And so you have just created a resiliency algorithm. And so the goal is to create an algorithm that allows you that when you recognize you're getting to that point, you need to reset and come back because then you can cope and you can see, you can truly, uh, what is his name that teaches situational awareness? He's been doing it for so many years. I forgot his name. Oh my God, he's going to kill me. It's a big name in the fire service too. Anyways, yeah, he teaches situational awareness. Well, we do the same thing, except we teach internal situational awareness. So there's an external and an internal. You got to be aware of, of the fire ground around you, but you also got to be aware of where you're at inside. Because that's going to determine how clearly you can paint the picture of what's going on around you. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's resilience. You got to yeah. develop that ability to be able that when you get stressed, to be able to come back to whole as close as possible. Mm. So, did you believe that you were as resilient as you have been in your life? I've had a gun in my mouth twice. So the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because no. <laughs> I mean, because it's it's ever it's ever growing. It's ever constant, right? And you're always yeah. pushing to do more. And and you I, you said something about uh, we can always endure more stress, right? And so right. like it's so it's a it's a sliding scale. And I think that that's like really what I think is important about this episode today is the importance of resilience and how much the individual can do if they take care of themselves, right? That's correct. There is, uh, you're always going to have moments of weakness, and this is why it's so important to surround yourself with people that love you and care about you and can call bullshit without you having your poor little feelings hurt, Yeah. right? Uh, I want to pay honor real quick to a guy. His name was uh, Mike Day, and um, he was a, a Navy SEAL. Uh, about a week, a week and a half ago, he took his own life. Mm. Man was shot 27 times in a gunfight and survived. Wrote a book. He was on speaking tour. Everybody thought he was doing great, and he killed himself. So you, you don't even have to go to that extent. But it, it, it happens every day, every day. If there's one thing I know, the more righteous you get, the harder you're hunted. And what that means is the better that you get at taking care of yourself, the harder that things are going to come at you. I'm a believer that I am not from this world. I am not of this world. I'm just traveling through this world. And this world belongs to somebody else that's far more insidious than me. Um, and this is his game. I have to be prepared. I have to be armed. Conventional weaponry will not work in this fight. 
It will not. And it's been proven time and time again by some very hardcore, strong, tough fucking men and women. And it, it doesn't, so you need help. And so sometimes that help has to come out of the box. I'm not a fan of big pharma. I think that they do more harm than good. Um, just my opinion. And uh, I don't apologize for that no, because I, I've seen enough men take their absolutely. own lives. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. um, I ended up working. Uh, we are, uh, we're supporters of a, it's called the bone frog foundation. Mm. They're out of Georgia and um, they work with psychedelics and they do microdosing. Yeah. And um, they use the uh, psilocybin and um, I've done six cycles of it myself. There is no getting high. Um, it doesn't, it's not macro dosing where you trip balls and have somebody guide you through it. And complex PTSD is maybe one of those things where you need DMT or, or ayahuasca or, 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 or something. Right. Yeah. But I do know that it works. And I think they're at the, uh, they're at the psychedelics convention in uh, Denver right now and they're killing it. And these yeah. guys are, that's a Navy SEAL, two Navy SEALs that put the foundation together and uh, Ben Johnson, and um, I'm not going to butcher the other guy's name because I can't remember, but I know that Josh Wall is involved in Army Rangers, a sniper. Um, and these guys put this together because their brothers, they're committing suicide. And they, they're like, you know, their goal is to stop suicide. Yeah. Zero suicides is what they're shooting for. And it, I got men that meet at my house on Wednesday night. We got a, a, it's like a buddy check meeting. We sit around, smoke cigars, eat food. There's no alcohol involved. Um, not because alcohol's bad. Alcohol's not bad. I'm bad when I drink alcohol. Alcohol's not bad, but it's because we're not here to dull the senses. We're here to be real, authentic, and share, and make ourselves vulnerable, and help each other, and, and check in where everybody's at. I got guys with cancer here. I got military guys, cops, firemen. I got corrections officers. It's just so everybody and anybody that's worn a uniform is welcome, active or, or retired. And um, some of these guys, uh, you know, you'd get a phone call the next day and you'd hear, hey, so-and-so killed himself, jumped mm. off a building today. And you'd be like, yeah, that's fucking terrible. But, yeah, I mean, we knew it was coming. And there's nothing we could do. Yeah. And there's nothing that all the psychiatry and big pharma and all them fucking drugs could do for it. None of it, you know. And these guys' lives have changed on a dime with the microdosing. But they have tried everything else. And there is no silver bullet. It's not just the microdosing or the, or the drugs. You have to do the work. Yes. The work means you have to sit with somebody that you trust and talk with them and reframe periods of your life and understand, you know, how these scars have built and recognize how they affect you and then recognize how you can build some tools and some techniques to overcome those effects. There's a lot of people that have been, you know, assaulted physically, verbally, sexually, um, as they were children growing up. That shit don't go away. It builds, bro, unless yeah. you deal with that, right. you know? And then we turn into adulthood, become cops, firemen, military, whatever. You take an oath and then you feel like you've fallen short. And the next thing you know, you're in a fucking hole that uh, you, there's no hope. And that is not a good place to be. No. So no. I know it was a roundabout no, answer. No, no, that was There's, there's a lot. There's a lot involved in that. Yeah, wish, of course. I wish it was a simple answer. Yeah. It really isn't, you know. But I think, too, something that I got from from that you know, from your, from your response and, and where you went with that though, 
is that, you know, we are resilient as an individual, but in fact, so many people, I have to think, Rick, early on in your life, you were alone, man. And, oh, God. And, yeah. And, and yeah, it and, was terrible. And then, and then you found how you found your way. And then you realize that it takes a village, right? Like you Amen. need, you need people around you. And if you're are, feeling human a, beings are social creatures, yes. you need people. Yes. And I, and I just think about that. And I think about how many guys are alone. They have this abyss of feeling alone. And how do we, how do we extend a hand and tell them there's people here to talk to you? And it's not to talk to you. It's just, Surround yourself like the group that meets at your house on Wednesday nights. I think you said like, you know how powerful that is and probably how much you guys look forward to the camaraderie and the friendships and the storytelling and the, the sense of, you know, maybe a little ease on your heart that day or on your mind. Like it takes a village and it's okay to be social and it's okay to involve others in your every day because we need to do that. And that, also impacts your relationship with your wife and your children. Hundred percent. You know, it's um. So every guy in our cadre has uh has dealt with something, and I've got between uh, I don't know. I think we're around 15, 17 guys in our cadre of instructors, and every one of them has faced that. Yeah. Every one of them, because it's an unusual class, and when we do immersion training the oddest shit pops up sometimes. And mm. so these, these men know when they shift from instructor to coach and when they go from coach to like kind of pseudo therapist, you know, bartender and, 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 and not that they give them drinks, but they listen, you know, and um, it happens a lot. Happens a lot. As a matter of fact, that young man, Mike, that uh, just died in South Carolina in the house collapse. Yes. Yeah. A good friend of his that he trained with all the time for, uh, for, smoke divers and flames and mm -hmm. all that other stuff was in our class and um he couldn't he couldn't complete it and um when he couldn't complete it we got to talking and we talked about it afterwards because guys guys will tap and it's okay as long as they're clean on why they're tapping and i recognize that he was so riddled with ptsd he's a, he's a vet and this has been going on for a long time and there's no way anything in this class was going to help him. Yeah. And so, um, got him with his company. We break them up into companies. They chatted, they exchanged phone numbers. There's a whole process that we go through in the morning that creates bonds. We did that in, 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 uh, Arlington where the guys talk and they talk about their name and that whole process. Yeah. Um, we did, we do that every class. It's so impactful that he stays in touch with these guys. He's, we got him hooked up with, uh, some counseling and, um, He's doing much better, but you know, five days after he left, his best friend dies in the house collapse. Yeah. You know, and um he's got some 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 issues at home with his dad going on and his dad's very sick. And so he's got a lot going on. And he's not talking to anybody. Well, now he's talking to people. Now he's doing things and he's changing his life. And he hasn't lost his drive. He's freaking lined up for freaking smoke divers again. Um and it's something that he thinks he needs to do to prove to himself. And I don't care what that is. Yeah. Some people climb mountains. Why do you climb it? Just because. Okay, cool. I'm good with that. You know, um, and, and it's a, a personal journey and everybody's journey is different. But I use that example because these are all men that are broken in one form or another. Some severely, some not quite as severe, but all of them is a, it's a moderate and up breakage. 
you know, and they are useful in helping these men and women in our class. And these men and our women in our class then take it on the road as they get better and they help others. And we're, we're gonna need a small fucking army of people to be able to help the fire service. We have to affect the change. Yes, yes. You know, and it's, you're seeing it in the military, we're joining hands with military people. <clears throat> it, it's uh, with law enforcement, I'm doing a thing with law enforcement soon. It, it's, it's across the board, man. It, it's, uh, you know, you got nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. And you got everything to live for. You know? Well, brother, I will say this. Um, this past hour has been uh, really an incredible conversation. You mentioned the word journey. Um, we all are on life's journey. Uh, and a lot of times we don't know what the next chapter is going to be until we're there. Um, for you, Rick, I appreciate you joining me today and sharing a little part of your journey. Um, and your journey is far from, from you know, over. And you have so much more to do and to give and, uh, and maybe to take a little too. Um, and uh, I just want to say thank you. I think, I think this episode has been super powerful. I think it's going to really speak to a lot of people. Um, I know for me, I'm, I have a lot of takeaway from, from this conversation. And I look forward to our friendship growing and getting to know more about you because I think you, you know, I, I believe very much in what you're talking about and I believe in it more than ever. And I never used to be that way. So my journey has changed too in where I understand the necessity for others in your life and to not shut people out and to allow others in. And it does make me better. And I also too, just personally, for me, I've come to realize over the last few years about how important my own self care is because I can't be good anywhere else in life if I'm not good with myself. And I've really come to understand that. And so self-care, and my wife and I talk about it a lot, is you take what you need when you need it because I need you to be good so we can be good. And um, that's, that's important, and I've come to understand that. So the journey, it's a long road, brother. And, um, well, and I, Thank I just, you very much for all that. It's, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, it's the same, the same reason you pick the people that you pick and the topics that you pick because it's impactful for the fire service and it's, it's things that need to be discussed and said. And I'm, I'm grateful for you to have a platform that normalizes Thank this you. kind of thing. Yeah, it means the world. And, uh, and that's what this is truly all about, right? And, and you said it, right? It's, it's, you right. said it in the very beginning. It's all about the brothers and sisters. And I have that yep. written down, underlined, and circled with an asterisk next to it because that really is the mission of all of this. And um, I think when your mission forward and you believe wholeheartedly in your mission and your message, as you said, you're just a messenger. You're a messenger with the story of your journey to share, which impacts people. So Rick George, right. thank you, brother, man. What a, what a you, great bro. conversation today. Truly appreciate you joining me. If people want to reach out, if they can find you, if they want to hear you speak, uh, where can they learn more about you and how can they reach out and get a hold of you if they're interested in talking with you? Uh, they can reach me at my email, which is surfdogs4, that's the plural, surfdogs and the number four at yahoo.com. I love it. I love or my it. phone number, my cell number is 561-239-1908. And um, you can call me, but I'm an old motherfucker, so I'm usually crashed out by 930. <laughs> so so it, 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 please leave a message and, and don't be offended if I don't answer the phone because I get these robocalls and stuff. If I don't recognize the number, I don't answer. I leave it. a message. I'll call you back or text me. 
Yeah. You know, texting even, you know, even easier. And you have a tremendous amount of information online too and, and different contact numbers there and information. So please, uh, yeah. if you're listening, this message, this story, this episode today resonates with you. Um, please have a conversation, you know, it's just a conversation. And I think uh, that can open up a world of, of different in, in difference and change if, if that's what you need. Um, so, Rick, thank you, brother. I can't wait to enjoy more time with you down the road and, uh, you know, and so on. It's just been a real pleasure today to talk with you. So thanks for joining me on the show today. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me, brother. I yeah. appreciate it. Cool. Stay right here. I'm going to sign off the podcast and uh, I'll come right back to you. Okay. So hang on one sec. Check. Everyone, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the National Fire Radio Podcast. Rick George, what a powerful conversation today. I know I took a lot of takeaways from this episode. Um, you know, we got to take care of one another, you know, and uh, I, I just ask you to dial into that guy, your girl sitting next to you, across from you, in your life, somebody you haven't talked to. Something I like to do in life is once a week, I make a point of calling someone that I haven't talked to in a long time. Just a, a quick phone call, a hello. Hey, thought about you the other day. I just wanted to call and say hi. You know, it makes a difference. And I've had a few people tell me since they heard that I do that, they've been doing the same thing. And you know what? You rekindle relationships and friendships. And if anything, it's a quick, it could be a quick 30-second hello or it could turn into an hour-long phone call with an old friend. Challenge yourself. Scroll through your phone, play phone bingo, pick a number once a week and call somebody. It makes a difference. So anyway, guys, I talk about it a lot. Take this conversation, take it back to the firehouse and talk about it. Because when we're talking about the job, we're making the job better. Thank you for tuning in to the National Fire Radio podcast. We'll see you at the next one. Jeremy, National Fire Radio.